Work Human is the pioneer of employee recognition and their podcast, How We Work, highlights everything that shapes the employee experience and what leaders can do right now to change it for the better. If you are leading meaningful work experiences for others, this show is a must. Subscribe to How We Work anywhere you listen to podcasts. And after you listen in, I want to know your takeaways. Challenging how we recruit new talent. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn Gregory, and you're on Gut Plus Science, a mentoring platform for people-first leaders of all levels. Here, we talk to exceptional leaders who prioritize culture, get fired up about employee engagement, and are excited to share ideas and tools for bettering employee experience to help others. Thank you for joining us to invest in being a better leader. Now, let's get to it. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, it's Nikki. And today we all get to take a big step back and really see the big picture behind the small actions we take every day to help people get opportunities. The small actions that we take that make massive impact through jobs that we help to connect to opportunities or that we provide or we connect the link to help people. As leaders, we have the opportunity to help people get jobs that change their lives, that change their families' lives, that change the next generation of their family. We can all think of a person, a story of a person who had a job that changed the family future. And it was all tied to that one person getting that one job. And there's a leader behind that or many that helped that potential new hire get a chance at something new or take a chance on something better. Let's all get inspired to think about how we can help people find meaningful work and the good that that does for many more behind just that one person. You're a leader, you're a connector, you're an inspiration. Don't ever let yourself get into box checking mode when it comes to recruiting. It's a really big deal. And Jennifer Loper is here with me today to share her heart on this topic. It's so good. And she starts with a story of her personal journey on a job that changed her family's future. Let's go. Today, Jennifer Loper is here to challenge our thinking about how we recruit. She's got some powerful life experiences that led her to focus on challenging our thinking about hiring people on our teams. Jennifer, welcome to Gut Plus Science. I know you have this story that when we met before and I heard it, I was like, we are opening with that. And it's around the power of a job being a life-changing event. Tell us your story. Nikki, thank you so much. So delighted to be here and happy to share my experiences and story. So I believe it was 1978. My mom is in her late 30s. My dad is in his early 40s. And he's had some health issues his whole life. And I think as a woman who did some part-time work but was essentially a stay-at-home mom, I had three siblings, she was looking for an opportunity. And so I remember this like it was yesterday. Our neighbor across the street, his name is Captain Tom Jitto. He was captain in the Air Force. And where we lived, we had several Air Force families because we were near an Air Force base. And he was in human resources at a company in Kansas City called Marion Laboratories. And my mom needed a full-time job. And I remember it was a summer afternoon, and I was out there, and she said, Tom, I need a job. And he said, Anna Marie, come on in and take a typing test 
I know you've done some part-time work at a pharmacy and Marion Laboratories was a pharmaceutical company. And my mom had just happened to work at a part-time family-owned pharmacy up the street. And so he gave my mom an opportunity for a job. And Nikki, that job was the beginning of changing the trajectory of our family experience and I would say generations to come. And she ended up going to take the typing test. And I remember her coming home and saying it was an IBM Selectric. So it was a machine I'd never really used before. So I hope I did okay. So she ended up getting the position at Marion Laboratories as a secretary. And she ended up working there for over 18 years. And she sadly had colon cancer and died when she was 57, but she worked almost essentially that whole time at Marion Laboratories. Three years later, my dad passed away and her having that job made the difference between us getting to stay in our house, having a future and being able to build the families that my siblings and I have today. So it's been a generational positive impact from that one small interaction that Mr. Jitto gave my mom in 1978 and said to her, Anna Marie, come in and take a typing test and let's see where that leads us. And here we are talking about this so many years later. So think about how many years ago this was and that one moment of interaction as neighbors and this leader who had the opportunity to help someone else to change their life. I say all the time, The workplace is truly a great mission field. It changes the relationships that we build, the opportunities, the confidence that we build. It gives me chills, the the generational changes that workplaces can give to people. And so I love that we're opening up with that story. And I would love to take our conversation to your viewpoint on giving people an opportunity and how it's truly a gift that a leader can give. So many times on these episodes, we talk about the onboarding experience and how to sharpen that or the ways that we filter to find the right fits and the right seat of the bus and all these things, right? Yours is taking this up like a thousand mile viewpoint higher and really helping us to reframe the gift and the opportunity that we get to have as a leader to help people in job roles, like the job that they have. Tell us more about that. So I love that you framed it in this mission. And I believe that as a human and as an individual, when somebody asks me, what is one of the reasons you get up in the morning? You know, the question's framed a hundred different ways. My mission is to give the individuals that I'm in contact with in my organization every day, the opportunity to be the best version of themselves. Outside of the mission within the walls of my organization, my belief is we have a larger mission with just our fellow humans. And if we have the opportunity to do something as simple as what Mr. Jitto did, set up a typing test for my mom, if we have an opportunity to make a phone call, send an email, have a text message sent to give somebody an opportunity, I think that word opportunity is so important because it's not as if we are giving somebody something without any action or dedication on their part. They have to do the follow-up. But just that opportunity to say, hey, I know somebody. I heard you mention that you're interested in this organization. My goodness, I've lived in Kansas City my whole life. I know five people over there. I don't know if what you're looking for is available, but I would love to be able to make that connection. 
getting good people and having a large pool of talent is good for business. It's so great for business to have a broader talent pool. It's great when you can give a person an opportunity. But I would say in the situation of my mom to continue that thread, it was good for Marion Laboratories to have my mom as an employee. She was a dedicated, smart, committed, and loyal employee for all the years that she could be. And she ended up moving up and being in a division that was way above typing where she started. So it was good for the organization. It was good for their customers. And when you can have that win-win, to me, that is just the ultimate goal. Well, and you think about on paper, if your mom had to represent herself on a piece of paper too, if that was all we were looking at, there probably would have never been the opportunity, right? And so something that I'm taking away here is just the power of relationship building and having conversations, really getting to know people. And so couple of things I want to dig in on as far as sometimes there's unintentional things that we're doing as leaders that until we're aware, we're like, wait a second, why am I even doing that? Or why am I thinking that way? So what do you think, you know, most leaders or a popular thing that people get wrong in leadership around recruiting? You started to mention a few, but maybe just share some of those that you see more often than not. Yes. I'd love this question. And I will preface it with, we are a marketing and design firm. So we are not in a laboratory curing cancer and operating and doing surgery on individuals. So yes, there is a baseline of knowledge and education for some fields that just cannot be, you have to have it. Somebody's doing my taxes. I want them to understand accounting. I think we can have a rigidity that is not in the best interest of our organizations and our clients and our customers and the individuals sitting in front of us around certain things. It is having a relationship, starting a relationship is through communication. And I'm actually intrigued if I see someone's resume and they've had a path that looks a little bit less traditional, or maybe they've had some gaps. I find that interesting because I want to know what was going on there. Were you solving a problem that, that your age is a big problem to solve, or you had a situation that you had to overcome and that tells me more about the candidate than I have this degree from this university and I got this GPA. I am not suggesting those are not valuable parts of an individual. They are. And my children have educations and they have GPAs and they put those on their resumes. And I did the same thing. But I think it's entrepreneurial and what I would say a problem solving and relationship building kind of all in one. The organization I'm with, we're very creative, we're entrepreneurial, we're scrappy, we solve problems. And when I look at candidates, that to me is what's the most interesting part. Yes, there are individuals who work at C3, they have to have expertise in illustration and engineering as it relates to products. And our accounting people have to understand numbers and our account management people need to understand how to work with clients and our warehouse folks need to go understand how to get something from point A to point B. But I think looking at people more broadly and having a conversation with them versus just having the resume speak for itself, if you don't do that, my belief is there's a missed opportunity in getting the best talent for your organization and serving your clients in the best way possible. 
conversations and relationship building trump any recruiting software or four-step interview model that you can find. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe that people deserve a second chance. So when we have an application process or a whatever that looks like, that there's a box that says you had criminal history and they check the box, it's like, oh, you're out of here. How many of us listening right now have probably done something that could have got us in trouble more than what we did? A lot of us. So we know someone that that has. None of us are perfect. And to look at people that come out of time in prison and the opportunity that they have to rebuild, how many amazing life stories have we heard about a family member or a person that prison was their catalyst to change their life. And you find your next best, most amazing recruit because of this person who has transformed and has a heart for the work that you do. But the only way that you can do that is through having a conversation or building relationship to understand. There are alternatives. I think that the one piece of feedback that we could get that listeners might be thinking right now is, okay, well, we have a huge organization. We have 400 open positions. How are we going to go just have conversations with everybody? Great point. And how do you train other people in your organization besides just the few that are the hiring leaders to also go and have conversations, to also be recruiting and having meaningful referral opportunities to bring in the next best person? It shouldn't be just on a couple of core people. But if we build a culture of this, that could be a really powerful thing. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I love this. And I do think it's interesting because from the standpoint at C3, we have 34 individuals. So we are a small company. And yes, I'm not in a situation where we have hundreds of people, 10, 20, 30 people who are responsible for hiring. And again, I think this goes back to relationship and being interested in the person, not just like, I've got to fill this position and I've got a box, I've got a check, and they have to have these 10 things. At C3, we have a lot of non-traditional colleagues. And I say that in the sense that we are interested in their story. So I'll give you an example of one of our executive creative directors. So we have an art school here in Kansas City called the Kansas City Art Institute. And this individual came to our CEO and founder said, I'm really interested in what C3 does as an organization because we're a creative organization, but I love teaching and I love my students and I love the impact on the community, the art, the creative community. Essentially, he said, is there any way I can do both? And so our founder and CEO having the conversation with him said, let's talk about it. So right then and there, Nikki, I think just that opportunity to explore what could be is the starting point. So as it relates to if you have 35 people or 350 people, I think having individuals within your organization committed to having that growth mindset or that exploration mindset. And so this has been a relationship we've had with this individual for over 11 years. He's been able to continue his work at the Kansas City Art Institute and now is actually a tenured full professor, which we all celebrated, which was wonderful. But I find the most fascinating outcomes of relationships like this, and this is just one of many that we have at C3, is the value that he has brought to us way beyond being an executive creative director, which is important. And he has been a pipeline for our interns. We have this vast opportunity to tap into the most creative people literally in the world. And that was an outcome that we didn't even know at the time we were going to achieve. And it has been such a lovely 
relationship where he's gotten to do the things he loves and is passionate about. He brings value to us in the areas that he can. And then this whole other element of recruiting and interns and having this vast talent pool is just an additional benefit at the time we never even thought of. So I think it boils down to having this mindset of being open to the conversation and what could this be? And the verbiage that I wrote down, co-create. I love to share on this podcast how powerful it can be when both sides come to the table. You had said something earlier, like we can make a connection for someone or we can give someone an opportunity for a typing class. How do we lead people to take more ownership in stepping up and offering those leading conversation with their leader and bringing new ideas to the table? What do you think really builds that foundation or ways that you've seen work to co-create at the best levels? I've been super fortunate because C3 is an organization. I've been here almost 18 years. It is grounded and founded in innovation and being entrepreneurial. And so that's just an added benefit from our founder and CEO, Bob Cutler. He's built an organization by himself being entrepreneurial. But I think to answer your question, I think the underpinning is trust. And I think to be able to say, I know we can figure it out, but let's come together. I trust all of you and I'm going to be vulnerable and say, I don't know how to solve this. So I'm going to put it out there and let's figure it out together. I'm one of them at C3. I started almost 18 years ago as an account manager working on our mid-level to smaller clients. And 15 years later, I'm leading the organization. So that doesn't happen without lots of trust and conversations and relationship and innovation. So I think to get back to that underpinning of trust, it is we tell our colleagues, you have a role here. However, you're exposed to other things we do. I'd like to learn more about that. What we hope to do and what I believe is to have people have those conversations with us. If you say to us, I have an interest over here, I don't hear I'm not dedicated or I'm not committed. What I hear is I love what I do here. I love this area that I'm in and I'd like to learn more, which is a benefit again it's a great thing to do human to human, but it also benefits our clients and our organization because that individual is open to learning more, contributing more, and just becoming more. Thank you for sharing that. And you're really good at sharing stories. So I appreciate that. I know all of our listeners do. Before we head over to the lightning round, let's highlight some ways that we've both learned on really how to have more meaningful conversations and relationship build to really find opportunities. So what are some of your thoughts on how these interview conversations really get more deep and really provide true conversation and relationship building to help really connect and match make the best we can? I think the first step is to, as the candidate or as the individual I'm talking to, it starts with listening and it starts with asking questions. I find, and as I've matured and I've evolved as a leader and evolved as a person, I'm more interested in asking questions than telling people facts or things. And the reason I start with questions is because it allows the individual I'm talking to, whether it's a potential candidate or a potential client or a current client, to articulate what they're thinking and where they are. And so if a candidate says, 
I'm interested in this area, but I'm in a position in my life where I can only work 20 hours a week because I have these other responsibilities. I'll say, well, tell me more about that. Help me understand what that could look like if you were able to take your skill set and utilize it for 20 hours at C3. And so having that framework of them telling us more than me telling them things that may or may not apply has really been beneficial. And I think starting there, that's when the creation can begin. It's like understanding where they are, what their vision is, and how we could potentially get there is the step one. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I echo the power of listening and partner that with the questions we ask. Our questions are going to lead to deep conversation. So two things going into these interviewing conversations is how do I show up as a great listener? And how do I ask questions that allow this person to really share at a deeper level? You know, for example, what type of work when you're doing work, just light your fire. Time just flies by. You just thrive in it. Give us examples of that. Bring that to life. And you hear that, the emotion with it, and you just start thinking like, how do I match what we have or could have to these things? Because when you have an employee that's on fire for the mission of the business and the work that they're doing, like there's just nothing better for you and for them. It's just such a winning piece. So get out of the weeds and realize our impact and the lives that we have and all of the ripple effect of those people beyond them. So filling a job is not a box to be checked. It is a life-changing event. For those that are listening, how does this mindset help you recruit in a more meaningful way? Just a really good opportunity to reflect. Just think of the depth of the work that you do and how it really changes lives. And so thank you so much, Jennifer. We're going to take a quick break, hear from our sponsor message today, and then we'll come back to our lightning round where we get to learn a little bit more about the personal side of you, some favorite things and some more stories. So we'll be right back. If you're leading with a people-first mindset, which most likely you are because you're listening to Gut Plus Science, join People Forward Network, the largest community of humans on a shared mission to lead meaningful work. You can find us at peopleforwardnetwork.com or follow People Forward Network on LinkedIn. All right, we're back on Gut Plus Science. I have Jennifer Loper with me. We had just such a meaningful conversation. And now to our lightning round. So Jennifer, if you've listened to any episodes before, we always add a book to our ever-growing recommended reading list. So if you could share your favorite book of all time or a favorite recent read for a leader listener audience, what book would you choose? Thank you, Nikki. So I obviously have listened to the podcast and I'm a fan. And so I love this question when you ask your guests. And this is a book that's been mentioned, but it is the book that I think is at this moment one of my favorites. So it's Atomic Habits, and that's by James Clear. And I actually have started a tradition where I give this book to all recent graduates. So high school graduates, college graduates, and I actually just ordered five or six copies and I have them sitting on my dining room table to distribute because I have a group of people in my life that that are going to be graduating What I love about it is it breaks down something that feels super complex into something you can handle it. And it talks a lot about small things make big impact. And I wish I would have read that book 40 years ago, but I've read it 10 or 15 years ago. And so that's my favorite book. I love to give it to graduates. And then when I do, I typically have the students or people in my family or my own kids say, that's one of the best books I've read. So that's the book I love. Such a good book. That's awesome. So Jennifer, here's a fun question. 
when you're 80 years old, what do you think will matter to you most? What I hope is that I have really good relationships with my family and the people that I love and that they feel like the relationship that we have has been fruitful and meaningful and that I have made an impact in some small way in their life. So I hope when I'm 80, I'm saying I have such loving relationships with the people that matter most to me and that they love me as well. I love that. So powerful. You've got a theme with relationships and gosh, what better than that? So you keep honing in on just such a powerful way to spend time in life. I'm curious on this one. When was the last time you tried something new and what was it? So I love this question and I'm not afraid to say how old I am. I'm 57 years old. And the thing that I have tried new is strength training. And I would have never thought of myself as a strength trainer, whatever that is, but it has been life-changing. I have a personal trainer and I visit him three mornings a week and we do strength training and he's highly skilled and really good at what he does. And I have felt so good doing it. I've done it for a few years now. The longer I've done it, the more I've realized the tremendous health benefits, especially as you age. So when I'm 80 and hopefully have really solid relationships with the people I love, I'm also strong. Just because you haven't done something doesn't mean you can't start being that. I remember telling somebody I was doing strength training. They're like, well, I never knew you to be somebody that lifted weights. I'm like, well, I wasn't, but now I am. (laughs) Yes, such a great point. Oh, well, good for you. And thank you for that inspirational takeaway. Let's all of us go try something new and share it with others. And Jennifer, before we go, what's the best way for people to stay connected with you after this episode? Yes, thank you, Nikki. LinkedIn is great. You can find me on LinkedIn and my personal email is in my profile as well. Such a great episode today with Jennifer. Here's my truth you can act on. Number one, find ways to give people opportunities past what their resume says. We asking deeper questions to really understand them and play connector to help them find opportunities going past that piece of paper, that resume. So important to remember. Number two, have conversations and build relationships to identify opportunities for matchmaking. Conversations are crucial to really getting to know the heart behind the person and the passion and how we can bring that to life in a job opportunity that we get to lead them to. And number three, co-create opportunities together. How can we both, the leader and this potential new hire, work to create that dream job together? Co-creation, such a powerful concept to think about in our recruiting efforts. So we hope this inspired you to think beyond. Sometimes we get in a rut or in our systems and to think about the human and the big impact that every job, every opportunity has to change their lives and many more around them. We'll see you next time. We just left the world a little bit better. Now, go do something with it.